Viewpoint, weekdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on SAFM. on SAFM. How are depression and bipolar disorders treated in the public sector? Dr. Kamakosi, psychiatrist at the Department of Psychiatry and Mental Health at the University of Cape Town, is on the line to talk to us about that. Mental health at the University of Cape Town, that's where she is. She says, Dr. Corsi, that is, says feeling depressed or down is a normal human experience, and this is different to feeling clinically depressed or having a major depressive episode. It is estimated that one in ten adults living in South Africa will have experienced major clinical depression at some point in their life, but as little as 25% have brought treatment and care. 25% of that 10%, if you like, have bought treatment and care for their mental conditions, such as depression. Although these estimates are based on South African Stress and Health Study, last done in 2009, so chances are those numbers have increased, certainly given the challenges that this nation faces. Subsequent studies have also stressed the challenge of reducing this treatment gap. Dr. Kosi, Kama, thank you so much for joining us. Much appreciated for your time. Thank you, Songhebo, and thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me on. 2009, the last study of this kind that we have. Are there no more recent studies? The, you know, the, the study that's quoted that, that you just spoke about, the SASH study, was a very large study. And, you know, we we like to look at the bigger studies to, to help us. There's smaller surveys done, but the SASH study, what they did, they took a about 20,000 people, and they gave them self-rated scale, um, looking at different um, population groups all around the country. And it's still, to date, the largest study of its kind um, done in Southern Africa, actually. So it's a little bit dated, but you know the, the, the results from it, I don't think they're that dated. Sure. Now, we are talking about numbers. I mean, it is high. When you say one in 10 adults would have experienced a major clinical depression at some point, that probably is alarming. And even more alarming is the fact that of that figure, a little as 25% have sought treatment. In other words, 75% will have this major clinical depression and do nothing about it or certainly not seek for the treatment and care for their conditions. That's yes, a concern, it's, shouldn't it be? It's a, it's a major concern. Um, and, and the reason it's a concern is, is, is because, you know, an illness like depression has complications. And what people don't appreciate is that, you know, the complications of depression can lead to someone dying, you know, people kill themselves. The complications of depression are such that people self-medicate in the wrong way. So people turn to alcohol, people turn to sleeping tablets, people t- turn to pain tablets, end up having a, a secondary addiction problem. And then lastly, you know, depression really affects our roles, whatever role we have in life. When we're depressed, it gets affected. So if I'm a student, I can't focus, I forget, I, and I've got no drive to go to class. If I'm a mother, I'm irritable at home. I'm shouting at my children. Mm. I, I don't have a sex drive. My marriage gets affected. So, you know, it, it doesn't matter what we do, when we're depressed, it, it really has an impact on our lives. So it's important for us to, to acknowledge it and to treat it properly when it happens. 
I'm not entirely surprised, and I'm not coming from a clinical perspective, just from the logic of who, somebody who is depressed. They are not in a position where they can claim to be in control of their faculties, whatever the particular faculty is, but they, there's a loss of control at some point that comes with depression. And isn't that precisely why there will be a low uptake of treatment and care for that mental condition because that person in that situation at that point in time has lost that sense of control that would otherwise allow him or her to look after oneself, frankly or plainly put. Now, the fact that only 25% of the high figure of 10% of adults in the country will suffer this major clinical problem do not seek the sort or do not have access to whatever the reasons might be behind that. Is, is that not implicit in the condition and in another way transfers, open, close quote, the responsibility on those close to them to do a little bit more? What that is, I'm not so sure. How they get to a point to detect that there's actually something wrong with Songhez or that needs clinical or psychiatric intervention, mm. I also don't know. What can you say in relation to that? Because I don't imagine somebody mm. would know that they are not well and deliberately not do anything about it. Mm, you know, what what happens with depression is that there's a, there's a spectrum of illness. And it's only a minority of patients who have depression who will have complete loss of control. You know, those would be people in your outer 10% who are severely depressed. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of people with depression are able to acknowledge that there's something within them that's different. And they're able to acknowledge that they don't like feeling the way that they feel. But with our cultures and with the stigma that's associated with depression. You know, there's a lot of self-stigma with depression and even in, in, in individuals who are depressed. So there's the idea that I must just try harder. There's this idea that I must just pray it away. You know, there's this idea that my life is perfect. Why am I feeling this way? I can't feel this way because I don't have a, a reason, I can't identify a reason to feel depressed. And all those things stop people from getting the right kind of help. Um, you know, some of the, if you look at depression, mm. you know, mm. if, if we don't treat depression, it's an illness for most people that goes away. You know, so untreated depression, within three to nine months, we would be expecting the illness to go away with even without treatment. And for a lot of people, they haven't had treatment for depression and it's gone away at some point. But they heal with the complications of depression. So just like if I've broken my leg and I never go get a plaster of Paris put in, mm. I, my leg will yeah, heal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but my leg will heal skew. I will have a limp for the rest of my life. I'll have scarring for the rest of my life. And, and it's the same with depression. People get better, but they feel skewed. How, um, how, how do we ensure that people don't just heal, but heal? <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I hope you get the distinction here. How they don't just heal because of time elapsing, but heal yeah. because of treatment, of care that comes with whatever support. 
physical or an environmental support. How do we, those who at least are not aware that they are depressed, lend a mm. hand to the community or to the individual that is feeling depressed? Yeah. So I think, I think you know, what we're doing now is the first thing. It's, it's, it's talking about the illness and, and sh- sharing and spreading information around depression, that it, it's a real illness. You know, it's as biological as breaking a bone. You know, there's, there's something physically wrong with us when we're depressed. And I think that when someone is depressed, it's to be present and to be present in a non-judgmental way. I know that we are all human and, you know, we, we want to motivate individuals. I know that a lot of us have faith. And faith is important, and we want people to, to look to a higher power. But in supporting people in their faith, in supporting people um, as friends, it's important that we don't play into the stigma, which is what stops people from, from coming to get the right kind of help. So I think, you know, when someone is depressed, calling them out and saying that, you know, I think you're not okay. If you're not okay, I'm here, my friend. And if you're not okay... Please go and see someone who can assess you and see if they can help you in the right way. Perhaps this is a question I should have asked at the beginning because I think I hear the word so often and I often often take it for granted that I know what is actually being talked about, but I think I probably don't because I'm certainly not a medical practitioner in any way, nor do I believe I've mm. had depression. What is depression? What is the clinical definition of depression? And what is it that you can say to help me as a lay person to understand what depression is so that I can be able to, when engaging people around me, have a better understanding of them if I know what depression is? Yeah. Okay. So, so we all feel down. You know? All of us as people, we have what we call normal sadness where if something bad happens, we feel bad. And in our feeling bad, it lasts a few hours. It might even last a few days. But it's in response to something. And when we normally feel bad, we just feel bad. We don't have other things that we feel. And when we feel bad, we're able to carry on with our day-to-day life. So that's normal sadness. And, and, you know, all of us, feel sad and feel appropriately sad. Mm. For some people, they have a change. So a person who's gone through a major depressive episode will tell you that there's something within me that's different, that this is not me, this is different from how I usually am. And they'll tell you that I feel this way every day, most of the day, for weeks and months on end. And people either feel sad and depressed, or people feel joyless. So not every depressed person is going to be crying and feeling miserable. Some people just feel no joy. There's no empty. And in their joylessness or sadness, they have other symptoms. So their sleep might change, their appetite might change, they might think of, 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 of self-harm. So some people on the extreme end might have a, a plan to kill themselves and they might have a method to kill themselves. Other people on the mildest um, spectrum might wake up in the morning wishing that God had 
taken when they sleep. They don't want to die, but if they were to die, it might not be the worst thing. Now, people for, complain of being forgetful, not being able to make decisions. People feel guilty for things that they haven't done. Um, people often have headache, you know, headache, neck tension. So all of those are the other symptoms that go with depression. And when we feel this way, mm-hmm. when we have these symptoms, we're also not able to carry on with our normal day-to-day life. So whatever it is that we do in our lives, we it gets impacted in some way. So usually I'm on time at work, I'm focused at work, um, I'm, I'm friendly with my colleagues. Mm. Now I arrive late, I'm submitting my reports late, and I've stopped socializing with anyone at work. Um, so whatever role we have, it can get affected. We just need to so be a little more vigilant then of the people in our spaces. I mean, just to slow down, take time to actually, I mean, from what all you have said, I get the sense that if I were able to just sit down with somebody and say, hey, how are you doing? What did you do last night? How did it make you feel? When last did you do something out of indulgence just to make yourself happy? When last did you speak to your partner, your child, your parents, how are they? Just questions directed to the individual about things that one imaginably would think are important to any individual and then assess that person's response to those questions to get a sense as to one is leading towards full health or towards depression. And then it's a question of engaging beyond that, the spectrum, if one is giving off the symptoms and, of course, sort of gently nudging the person to get attention. Would that be helpful? I think that would be helpful. So, so you know, knowing the people around us and communicating with the people around us and just being aware of how they feel, I think that would be very useful. I think that when we, when we feel depressed, you know, we, it, we look inwards and we feel very alone. And knowing that there's someone else who's interested in how we feel and is able to help us in some way, I think that does a lot of good. Very well. Final comment from you, please. It's just a clinical response, I imagine. Hi, Songeza. I went to my GP on Saturday for some mental health issues. She referred me to a hospital. The GP at the hospital's casualty ward insisted on some blood samples, HIV and COVID tests being taken. The question is, are HIV and COVID tests necessary in mental health assessments? The person here almost admitted without consent and ultimately refused. Your response? So we we do need to do some blood tests because there are physical illnesses that can look like depression. And HIV in different stages is one such illness. So, you know, we do have get people who have depression as a direct result of HIV. With the COVID test, you know, COVID doesn't directly cause depression as a direct biological reason. And But if someone was being worked up to go into a hospital for an admission, the current admission protocols for many of our hospital units are to have a COVID test before someone is admitted. So it may be that the COVID test was 
as a part of a workup to make sure that the person can be admitted um, into a space with other people. But for depression itself, yes, there are physical things, physical illnesses that as doctors we would want to exclude before we say that this is a major depressive disorder, not due to those things. Anonymous, I hope your question has been satisfied and I do hope those who are at home somehow have felt a little better just by us having this conversation to the extent that you might be affected, however so, by depression and bipolar. Kama, thank you so much for your time, man. I have to sign out because we are out of time. Thank you, Sonia. Thanks for having me. Dr. Kama is a psychiatrist at the Department of Psychiatry and Mental Health at UCT. And when we talk about mental health at UCT, I'll take you a couple of years back. One of the most eminent sons of medicine in this country sadly fell victim to an extreme case of depression. He took his life. May your soul rest in peace, Dr. Ungani Mayosi. 2149.